Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, 2023, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. And I'm joined today by Craig Ruffalo, Vice President of McKinney Flavelle. Hello, Craig. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Hey, happy Cinco de Mayo, Mike, and to everyone out there. Man, oh man, I cannot believe it's already May. <laughs> did you see that same clip I did? Where right? It's like, everybody's like, oh my God, I can't believe it's May. <laughs> I can't believe it's May. <laughs> it's just, I just, I had that conversation earlier in the week and, and I just couldn't believe that we were turning the calendar already. And I know. our kids here in, in California, at least in, in our little town, they're out of school the 26th of May. It's They're coming. almost done with their school year. It's coming. It's, it's coming, coming, man. It is absolutely coming. You know, and and I saw, I knew it was Cinco de Mayo coming up because earlier this week, uh, my poor dog, Cannoli, had a uh, an outfit for Cinco de Mayo. Oh, gosh. With <laughs> peppers on it. And I was like, what is this? And and my wife said, it's for Cinco de Mayo. And I was oh, like, my. okay, Cannoli, there you go. Well. Sorry, buddy. I know. I feel bad for cannoli. <laughs> Poor I mean, cannoli. an Italian name has to uh, yeah. dress up for Cinco de Mayo, huh? He did not look happy about it. I, I probably not. He and I have a connection <laughs> there. Hey, Craig, last week we uh, we had our spring seminar, another successful seminar. It was fun, uh, educational, and informative uh, from my perspective. Um, and uh, uh, for those that didn't attend, we did movie awards. Yes. And uh, so the, the top commodities, top narratives, uh, they won different awards. That's right. Um, the really cool thing, Craig, is if you missed it or you did register and got taken away to other meetings and didn't catch all the content, uh, we're going to have it available starting next week. Uh, so if you uh, did register and, and pay for the event, it will be on the IQ platform for you. Uh, if you uh, did not register, but you are on the IQ, we'll make a link so you can um, uh, purchase the content. And then if you don't even know what the IQ platform is yet uh, or not a customer listening to this, that's fine. That's fine. You could. It's it's going to turn you around. I know it. Uh, go to mckinney-flavel.com and you'll be able to uh, purchase the content as well. It was, uh, oh, it was a great, it was it a was great, great event, Mike. As always, I felt that the the speakers did a wonderful job uh, combining the theme with the, to- the the content. Yep. So you know it makes it a little more uh, tolerable to sit through, oh. you know, seven hours of presentations or thereabouts. And uh, you know our little our little corner of the world in Cornwet Milling, we appreciated our our award. It was yes. an unforeseen demand award. I think uh, it was well received. I, I hold proudly on my desk here, <laughs> uh, and I look at it every day as a reminder <laughs> that. Uh, you know, it took it took all of us to get there. Yeah. It's not yeah. just about me. It's about the industry. You know, we Absolutely. all helped get to that award. It was a wonderful time. Excellent. Well, and speaking of that, uh, there were a lot. There was a lot of conversation uh, in uh, uh, at the seminar, both virtually and in person, about the corn wet milling industry. And um, you know, I thought today what we could do, and this will be an extended podcast for those uh, IQ platform uh, subscribers. And uh, on the extended version, we're going to talk a little bit more about corn oil. Uh, yes. As mo- a lot of you know out there, the USDA is not reporting that. That is a big, uh, big deal for a lot of those uh, larger buyers of uh, corn sweeteners. So uh, I'm going to have Craig talk 
talk a little bit about uh, that and the implications and and what to expect moving forward. But for today's podcast, uh, for everyone, Craig, I thought you could give an update on planning progress and kind of your outlook on where you see uh, either corn. I mean, you could even dive into sugar if you want. Um, Yeah. But kind of what are you seeing out there? Well, you know, you know, it's interesting because I think everybody now that we've turned into the month of May recognizes that uh, next Friday, the Department of Agriculture uh, on their WASD report will be announcing their first supply demand balance sheet for the upcoming 23-24 crop year. So I think much anticipation in the marketplace is now expecting to see where we're going to be on a actual S&D table for the, you know, the row crops, whether that's uh, sugar beets or that's corn or soybeans or wheat. Uh, and so I think market turns uh, now want to understand whether or not we're going to be in a stocks building or continue to be maybe in a little bit of a stocks retreat uh, method. And that'll start to direct uh, commodity and price points, I think, for futures and um so I think everybody is kind of sitting back. They're waiting. It's kind of like the horse is ready to be released for the for the race yeah. uh, with anticipation of where directionally we're going to go next. The good news, I guess, for everyone out there is the initiation of the planning progress for soy mm-hmm. and corn have been positive. They're above the five-year average. Uh, so for both uh, plantings of beans and corn, the one area of a little bit of a backwards progress has been in the upper uh, Midwest and the Minnesota, North Dakota areas. But uh, Mike, I sent everybody a picture today. Yeah, I saw that guy out in the fields planting yeah. sugar beets and they're planting corn and they're planting beans up there. And that was in uh, North Dakota. So uh, progress is underway. Yeah. So if, uh, so let's stick with this horse theme. So if he had a horse in the race, what would you yeah. call it? Would he call it big smiles or would he call it uh, catching up or Cauch- what would he call it? Cautiously horse? optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. All right. <laughs> and they're off. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite in the race is cautiously optimistic. I love it. All right. So um, on the inside rail, it's cautiously optimistic. <laughs> yeah. We have another career, Craig, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I and I think really at the end of the day, you, you've got to have a little bit of the optimism, right? You can't yep. you can't just start right off the bat with pessimism as far as things sure. go because we've had a little bit of wet uh, weather in areas where we had had the extension of where acreage uh, was going in. So like last year's corn crop, we saw additional acreage was right. actually being planted in those two areas, Minnesota and North Dakota. So uh, eventually people would probably come to the conclusion, oh gosh, we're a little late uh, yeah. on progress up there. So does that mean we're going to have a, a, an issue with the corn crop? No, not at all. Uh, you you know, if we get corn in the ground in the next two to three weeks, we're going to be just fine. Uh, yeah. And I don't anticipate that being a real detriment uh, to any growth potential on yield. Uh, okay. So- I think we're good there. The area of interest to me, Mike, was in the wet milling space. If we looked backwards and sometimes looking in the rearview mirror is a good way of hedging and understanding kind of where you're headed um, and kind of benchmarking yourself. 12 months ago, I think every day from the minute, say, early March through the end of the year almost, we were receiving many, many phone calls from our customer base you know, pleading to find product, whether that was dry products and starches, or that was dextrose or corn syrup solids, even glucose corn syrup and, and high fructose corn syrup were somewhat of a, an enigma to try to find the volume. Uh, I don't know that I feel that same tension 
Um, yeah. I don't feel nearly as many phone calls uh, for product availability, yeah. uh, which is a somewhat of a relief, <laughs> to be honest with you, because you don't want to tell people, I don't know how to help you. Yeah. Uh, you want to find answers for them. But it, it signifies to me that the industry has caught up yep. with the demand pull um, from operational issues. Maybe they were experiencing towards the first two quarters of last year, but it's yep. a good signal for the health, I would say, of availability of product. Now, yeah. I would like to wait a little bit to determine whether or not we're seeing demand slack as a contributor to this, or if it's really that the operations at the wet milling level have improved enough to where they've caught up. So we're yeah. kind of in that wait and see mode a little bit here for that portion of, of decision tree as far as, well, are the wet milling community, you know, have they, have they made more product available and that's helping, or is it really now a little bit of the demand slide that we now have to be cautious of for rolling into 2024? Yeah, no, it's a good point, Craig, because uh, and, and those that are about to purchase our uh, uh, spring seminar content will know at the end we do a uh, we did a round robin Q&A with all yeah. the, the commodity winners. And you guys brought up a very good point about demand. And that is that is, you know, we, we, it's a wait and see. Right. Because a lot of food manufacturers were having issues getting various ingredients. So what they do, they. They brought in more, they built more stock uh, of finished goods and, and kept higher stocks of, of uh, raw ingredients. So how is that going to play out as we go out through the year and balance that with the demand from what happens uh, in the economy? So uh, I thought you guys brought, it was a well, it was a, it's a very great, good point to, to make sure we're monitoring. Right. Yeah. It's because uh, it, it's not just wet milling. And so we kind of won the award for unforeseen demand. Yeah. But as Kevin put it, you know, you could have probably tagged that with a few others. It was a very close race between edible oils and sugar. Oh, my gosh. The Academy sweated. You know, they, they too had yeah. similar uh, storylines. And so, you know, we, we really were proud that we, we were able to achieve such a, an accomplished award like that. But, you know tough competition because sugar certainly came out of the uh, the gates using our horse racing reference uh, pretty well and did soybean oil um, because of renewable diesel so yep. all of those things are contributing to you know the un i'd call it the uneasiness or un yeah i'd call it uneasiness as far yeah. as the people that are in procurement because they don't want to overextend their sure. coverage uh right now because they're sitting on inventories um and so we, we, they want to absorb what they've got already under contract before they start really getting into an overextension for the, the, the next 12 to 18 months. Got it. Any, anything on the, the sugar? I, I did mention sugar. Yes. Uh, uh, planning progress. Anything there you want to mention to, to the listeners? Yeah. Well, you know, I think number one is, is that uh, the marketplace is set um, for the majority of 2024 already. But those that are kind of still assessing things, the good news for you is, is that we've got beet progress in the ground. I've seen pictures of where the beets are starting to sprout out of the soil. So that's a good thing yeah. uh, in certain areas of the country and that we're getting a crop uh, in the ground. Uh, the challenge will be is the fact that the number 16 market continues to stay extremely elevated with very little understanding of where the relief we're gonna, is going to come from over the next 12 
12 to 18 months. And so we've got to be a little conscientious of not ignoring the fact that we've got a pretty tight sugar balance sheet uh, as far as actual refined supply, not necessarily uh, raw sugar availability, but mostly on the refining availability. So that uh, assists, I think, in, in some of the perceived tightness that's going to extend. So, you know, be patient, but um, I think we're going to get a, a decent beet crop in, out of this uh, this planting season. We just got to be mindful that we were a couple weeks later than what we wanted in the Red River Valley, but no concerns. Got it. Well, let's uh, go ahead and wrap this one up. Well, yep. uh, those that are uh, going to listen to extended version, go ahead and hang tight here. Uh, as I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family. Don't you dare take it for granted. And until our next podcast, take care, everybody. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence Platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favel.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.